This morning, I want to preach, I want to, I want to share with you, we've entitled the message, The Key, The Key to Victory over a, spe- over a Spirit of Oppression. You know, at the last Zion Convention here in September, Pastor Gazaway spoke one evening, and Pastor Gazaway gave a, it was a powerful message on being a candidate to bring down the spirit of oppression. And I felt, as he was speaking, I felt God really speaking to my heart. And this, this oppression, this oppression, you know, opposes God's purposes. This spirit of oppression was seeking to oppose God's purposes for our fellowship, Zion Fellowship International, for ZMI, Zion Ministerial Institute, for our church here, Mount Zion Church here in Waverley, and even in our own individual lives and families. And that, you know, the attack of the enemy, spirit of oppression, to seeking to seeking to bring bondages, seeking to keep people in bondage. And Pastor Gazaway, he likened it to a to a, a Goliath spirit, a Goliath spirit. When Goliath came, and there was that battle between David and Goliath. You know, it, it just it seemed it seemed a, a hopeless situation for the the, the Israelites. Isaiah, uh, Goliath was calling out, "Give me a man! Give me a man! We'll have a fight, the two of us. What, myself, who was this huge giant with all his armor." And there was no one near, near his size amongst the Israelites. And he taunted them. He mocked them. Forty days, forty nights, every morning, every evening. And, you know, he would mock, he would, he would, he would mock, give me a man. And if I win, we will reign over you. If you win in the battle, you will, reign, you will rule over us. And, you know, this, this Goliath spirit, the spirit of oppression, it's doing... The enemy is seeking to do everything he can to stop us having breakthrough, to stop us coming into the purposes of God, to stop us, you know, seeing a fulfillment of the prophetic words that have have come in the past and that God has given to us. And the spirit of oppression is seeking to stop us from, you know, stop us from having breakthrough that God intends us to have. And, you know, come in to the victory of the Lord and the purposes of God for our lives, for our individual lives, for our families, for our church, for our, for our fellowship, for our Bible school, for, the, for our fellowship, and even for our valley. Terrible oppression in the valley. Terrible things are going on. And then in our nation, the nation of, I mean, you, you think, well, it can't get any darker, but it does. And so many ungodly, unscriptural things, unscriptural laws, ungodly laws, you know, are being passed in our own government in the country. And so on many different levels, there is, there is great oppression. The enemy is coming in. The enemy is raising up his ugly head. But, you know, Pastor, get, uh, you know, so much is, is raising up, but by the grace of God, I believe God 
wants to bring us into breakthrough in all those different areas and to see a great move of the Holy Spirit, an outpouring of the Spirit, and revival. But, you know, that's not going to happen until that spirit of oppression is broken. And, you know, Goliath came. He defied, he mocked the armies of Israel. And a spirit of a fresh oppression can, can mock us, our families, our church, our fellowship, our community, our nation. And here in our church, you know, on one hand, we thank God we have a measure of the presence of God. And we're thankful for that. And, when I, you know, I've, I've had the privilege of traveling a lot of places. And, you know, what we've got here is very precious when you compare the situation of many other churches and different nations. It's very precious what we have here. But there's oppression, and God has much more, and God wants to give us breakthrough. And, you know, on the one hand, we have that measure of God's presence. And, you know, we're thankful. I'm thankful for that. God has given us many promises, many prophetic words, but yet, on the other hand, there is still oppression. We, we don't have the liberty of the Spirit of God that I believe the Lord wants us to know and to experience. We don't yet, I believe it's coming, but we don't yet have that demonstration of power and of glory and deliverance and healing, and those healing streams flowing. But I believe it's coming. At that time of David and Goliath, Saul, he was the king. Saul, when the Philistine giant came, there was fear, and so he's full of fear, as were the other leaders and elders. They were afraid. And they could not do anything beyond their own ability. You know, but David, he was not afraid. His faith and trust was in the Lord. He'd seen God do the miraculous and the supernatural as he rescued the bear and he rescued the lion. He, rescu he rescued the, 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 the lamb which the, which the lion had taken and he, 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 he overcame the bear. I mean, imagine that with bear hand, with, you know, just his two hands only, no gun, no arrow, nothing else, just his hands. And he overcame and defeated a bear and a lion. I mean, that's supernatural ability. And, you know, David had that supernatural ability, that anointing. And it broke the power of the enemy. And that is what God is wanting to bring us into, the liberty when the power, the spirit of oppression and the power of the enemy is broken. The spirit of oppression, you know, will not go away easily. It will not go away just by human effort or by our willpower or by numbers. You know, it will only go, it will only be broken by supernatural power, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then at the convention, Pastor Gataway said, and he says, 
the spirit of oppression, the spiritual spirit of oppression. You know, what, what do we do? What do we do? And then he had prayed and he felt the answer. The answer, what we do, is to pray and to fast. Fasting and praying. And through the course of the sermon, I think he mentioned it about six times, the answer is to pray and to fast. To pray and to fast. To pray and to fa fast. And, you know, as he spoke those words at the time, I mean, I had a strong witness. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's right. Prayer and fasting is God's proven we weapon. But, you know, so often it's easy just to hear a message and, you know, we say, oh, yeah, that was a good message. But then we go on and then, you know, you forget about it. And... But later on, you know, I was praying about that, you know, thinking about that message and, and, and meditating about it, and I felt we need to do something. We need to do something. We need to, we need to act upon it. And as I was meditating on it, I felt, you know, we're coming up. We nearly finished this year. We're shortly coming up to a new year. And... As I later on thought of that message and was thinking about it and, and you know, what do, how, what do we do about it in a practical way? And, and I felt we should have here set aside a time for prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting. And I felt at the beginning of the next year. Here I am talking about fasting and it's uh, Thanksgiving coming up. But anyway, let's all enjoy our Thanksgiving. You know, there's a time to enjoy. God's given, in the goodness of God, he's, God's given us food to enjoy. And there's a time to enjoy and a time to feast. And we, I hope you all have a place to go and, and enjoy your Thanksgiving uh, coming up in a few days. And, you know, I felt we can enjoy that. We can enjoy Christ, uh, Christmas time and enjoy one another and enjoy good food and then we'll have new year's new year's new year's day and then i felt immediately at the beginning of the the new year you know after the festivities are over that to, and and as i was praying what i felt i i felt 10 days i felt 10 days 10 days of fasting beginning on monday january the 3rd and going through to Friday, January the 12th, 10 days, prayer and fasting. And then each night, 6.30, as much as those who are able to come each night to, to, to come here to the sanctuary and to, 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 to pray. And, uh, you know, instead of eating, we will pray. And with those 10 days, I mean, obviously, I don't, obviously I don't expect everyone to be fasting for 10 days. But I believe some will be able to do that, and the Lord will help you. And, but some might, you know, feel, be able to fast, you know, seven days or, or three days or two days or one day or, or others. And, that, and I want each of you to pray, each of you to pray particularly what you should do in your situation. Don't, you know, you don't have to copy somebody else, but 
to do what you can do. Maybe you'll, feel you'll miss one, week, one meal a day for those 10 days. Maybe you'll miss two, two meals a day. Just have one meal for, for, for each day. Or maybe you'll you know, have a day or two and then have a break and then another, another day or two. Uh, and then, you know, those of you, who, I mean, everybody can join in. Even, even children can join in. I encourage you to get your children to do, do a part. I mean, they can, they're not going to die if they skip a meal or skip part of a meal. And, and, you know, those on medication, you can join in too. I mean, you can just have maybe less than normal. I, you realise you've got to have, have, have food regularly, but just maybe less than normal or have soup for, for a few days. Everyone can join in in some way. We can all join in in fasting. We can all you know, join in in prayer. And at the beginning of the new year, I mean, I believe God is wanting to pour out his spirit. God is wanting to change things. You know, we've had a disruption with things with COVID over the last, you know, more than a year. And, you know, we want fresh guidance from the Lord as we go forward in God. And so I felt, you know, at the beginning of this, this, this uh, coming year, it can be a time, the beginning of the year, to really to press into God and, you know, to seek him, to seek him, maybe to seek him as we've never sought before. So the reason I'm saying it so early is that, you know, you can, as much as possible, I mean, the circumstances that come up, but as much as possible, if you could just keep those, keep those dates as free as possible, and I want to encourage you to not only to, to, to fast, but to, but to be praying, um, you know, during, during that time that God will somehow come through and give us breakthrough. You know, we've got major, the, the major things to pray for, and, you know, all those areas, even in our personal lives. I mean, some of, you know, some besetting sin that's been, a, it's been there, and, you know, you've prayed and prayed, but, you know, you haven't got rid of it. You know, God, God can come. God can come. God wants to break that power, break it. Others of you, I, and I know in, in certain families, I mean, major things are going on. Major things are happening. And we need to pray and fast that, that God somehow will come through and God will break the power of the enemy and God will come through and there, there will be victories. And then, you know, in our... In our church, we, we desperately want a fresh, fresh move of God, a fresh flow of the Spirit for the glory to come here on Glory Hill, for the supernatural, for healing streams to flow, for the power of God to be manifest. And I believe God is willing to do that too. God is wanting to. And as we, we pray, and, and you know, it's like the enemy, the enemy, the satanic principality is hovering over us, and like stopping what God wants to do. But as we pray and fast, that can be broken and pulled back. And then, you know, we want God to do a new thing. We're praying at the, the Bible school, that God will, God will bring fresh release at ZMI, and God will bring multiplication. God will bring students from this nation, this nation and other nations, will come here and be equipped and be taught in the word of God. We in Zion Fellowship, we, we, want, we want God to come forth. We want God to show his might and show his power. Here in our community, with all the sin and degradation and everything else, we want God to, to 
see the power of the enemy broken and see those in schools and high schools and young people and older people and married people. I mean, so many broken homes in the place that God comes forth and pours out and brings change. And then we, in our, in our desperately, I think America's never been as low any time since it has, it has never been so low ever since, you know, it was birthed as a nation. So there's a lot to pray for. There's a lot to pray for, to pray and to fast, to pray and to fast. All right, fasting. It's voluntary, volunt, voluntary abstaining from food for spiritual purposes and for the purpose of prayer and seeking God. And prayer and fasting is a very powerful spiritual weapon which is often forgotten today. It's not practiced by so many of God's people. But, and, and let me say this, no, nothing in the kingdom of God is by works, it's nothing by works. We cannot twist God's arm by fasting. You know, fasting is not trying to earn something, uh, you know, but, but it's a way of seeking God. And it's important we have, you know, right motives. You know, some people, they, they fast just they want to boast, you know, what they can do and what they've done. But, and, and, and fasting is no substitute for repentance. You know, if, if we're not going to repent and put things right, you, you can fast till you're blue in the face, but nothing's going to happen. So fasting is, not, is no substitute for obedience. We must obey when God speaks to us. Fasting is no substitute for faith. We must believe, you know, when, God's, when God speaks. So I just want to look at, at Jesus. He's our model. So we'll look at, at Jesus, just that he fasted. Not only did he fast, but he spoke about fasting. He taught about fasting. And in Matthew 4 and 1 and 2, Book of Matthew, chapter 4, and verses 1 and 2. Then Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterwards very hungry. He, he hungered. He hungered. And... You know, in a long fast, when a person does, you know, a, a long fast, and Jesus here was 40 days, often the, the, the hunger is very intense, especially the first three or four days. But after a few days, that hunger leaves. I mean, your body still feels weak, but that hunger leaves. But around about 40 days, and that hunger can return, that hunger returns, and it's very, very intense, very, very intense. And at that particular moment, when that hunger had returned, Satan came to Jesus. If you be the Son of God, make these stones into bread. He was tempted in the area of the body. He was tempted in the area of the soul. He was tempted in the area of the spirit. And Jesus did the will of his Father. And it was not the will of his Father at that time to turn those stones into bread. There was nothing sinful about that, about eating bread. He was very hungry. But Jesus only did the will of the Father. 
And that's what he wants for us to learn, that we will do not our will, but the will of the Lord. And Jesus replied, and he quoted the word of God. And it was a, a spiritual... And then, then Satan came again, and Satan came again. If you be the son of God, you know, jump off the, the, the pinnacle of the temple, and the angels will come and lift you up. And he was, he was quoting, quoting wrongly from, from Psalm 91. And he was tempted in the area of his soul. You know, he would look good. It would, uh, you know, in, in the area of, of his soul, his emotions. Then the third temptation, the Lord took him up into the, the, the high mountains and showed him all the kingdoms of this world. All these will I give you if you will worship me. And Jesus, again, he knew the word of God. Three times, it is written, it is written, it is written. And he said, you know, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, him only, and him only shalt thou serve. And so then, you know, Satan left him for a time. But Jesus overcame the enemy. He overcame the enemy as he was fast, after fasting. He overcame the enemy because the word of God was, was in his mouth. He was equipped. He had learned, even as a man. Jesus was God, but Jesus was, he was 100% God, but 100% man. And as a man, he got tired. He, he got thirsty. He was tempted in all points, but without sin. And he overcame the enemy. He overcame the enemy. And, you know, but a key in overcoming him was the word of God. But it was not only the word of God. It was he had been fasting. He'd been spending time and much time in prayer, just waiting before his heavenly father. And so... When Jesus went into the wilderness, it tells us at the beginning of the 40 days, in Luke 4.1, it tells us that he was full of the Holy Spirit. But when he returns from the wilderness, after that 40 days of fasting, it says he returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. So there was a, a, a greater power of the Holy Spirit, especially in prayer. And, and really, in that sense, fasting was like the, the final phase of preparation through which Jesus had to pass before entering into his public ministry. You know, until Jesus was 30, basically he did not, he did not preach, he didn't teach, he didn't heal, he didn't cast out demons, he didn't do, do miracles. It was not till after his baptism when he was 30, he came to the River Jordan. He was baptized. The Holy Spirit came upon him as a dove. But before his ministry actually started, it was he went into the wilderness. He fasted 40 days, 40 nights. He was tempted by the enemy. And then after he came out victorious, then his ministry was launched, was, was opened up. And an important reason Jesus fasted you know, was for spiritual warfare. He used his sword, the word of God, to stand against Satan, but he also prayed and fast, fasted. And although he was weak physically, he was alert and strong in the spirit. And then Satan left him. It wasn't permanently, it was just left him for a season. Now, one of the greatest teachings of Jesus, uh, the Sermon on the Mount is known as like 
some of the, the best or the, the most important um, teachings of Jesus. Matthew 5, Matthew 6, and verse Matthew 7. And in Matthew, when Jesus is teaching this, what has become to be known as the Sermon on the Mount, the Mount of Beatitudes, and when we were in Israel, we went, we were on this mountain, the Mountain of Beatitudes, we were there, and we could look down on the Sea of Galilee, and uh, look down on the Sea of Galilee, the beauty of the sea, and the hills in the background, and so on. And it was probably somewhere around that place where Jesus, the multitudes had gathered, and Jesus Jesus taught them, taught them the wonderful truths of the Sermon on the Mount in these, these three chapters. And in chapter 6, which is the middle chapter, 5, 6, and 7, the first half of that chapter, more than the first half of that chapter, Jesus speaks about three things. He teaches about three things. He teaches about giving and the importance of giving and the importance about finance. And that's very important, and I believe that needs to be, be stressed today. And then he spoke about prayer and the importance of prayer and how, how, how important it is that we you know, pray regularly and, and how to pray. And then he spoke about fasting and the importance of, of, of fasting, how not to fast and how to fast. So, and this is, this is in the middle, this is in the Sermon of the Mount. So these were three areas which, are, which were keys that Jesus spoke about in his teaching. He spoke often about giving. He spoke often about prayer. But he also spoke about fasting as well. And in verse 16, Matthew 6 and verse 16, he, he's talking about prayer. And, and Jesus says, And when you pray, you shall not pray as the hypocrites. So he begins, Matthew, Matthew 6 and verse 5, First of all, he says, when you pray, when you pray. And again in verse 6, it says, when you pray. So obviously, he just expected his disciples to pray. I mean, that was, that was just part of what they did. He expected them to pray. Jesus did not say, if you pray. He said, when you pray, when you pray. And in verse 5, he said, you know, don't be like the hypocrites. They want the praise of men. But he said, when you pray, and, and then he entered into your closet, and he was talking about how to pray. And there's the negative, and there, there, there is the positive. Now, when Jesus speaks about fasting, if we go over to verse 16, Jesus then, he speaks about fasting in exactly the same way as he speaks about prayer. And verse 16, he said, when you fast. And, and then he repeats it. And in verse 17, he said, but you, when you fast. So twice Jesus said, when you pray, not if you pray. And then twice Jesus said, when you fast, not, not if you fast. And, and then both of them give a negative and a positive. The negative is don't pray like the hypocrites, don't do this, this, and this, but do pray and, and da, 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 how, how, how to pray, key aspects of prayer. But it was exactly the same what he said about prayer fasting to what he said about prayer. In other words, Jesus just assumed his followers would fast, just as he assumed that they would pray. And so uh, fasting is mentioned twice, just like prayer was. So in other words, he was saying that his disciples would, would regularly practice his, 
His disciples should regu- regularly, regularly practice all these, all these three duties. In other words, we're giving, we're giving, and we need to be encouraged to give. And uh, we, we're praying, and we need to be encouraged and taught to pray and continually reminded. And, but it's also the same with fasting. And, you know, there's great, great, there's great rewards. Jesus said you'll be rewarded openly about praying, but also about fasting. And so if Christ expects his disciples to pray regularly, then by the same token, he expects them to fast regularly. And in, in, in Matthew chapter 17, the disciples there, they were trying to cast out an evil spirit. Um, Jesus was on the, on the mountain with Peter, James, and John. The other disciples were at the bottom of the mountain. And then a man came to the disciples, and his son was demon-possessed, and he was jumping in the fire and foaming at the mouth and so on, uncontrollable. And the disciples came to Jesus, and the man with the demon-possessed boy came to the, came to, uh, came to the disciples and said if they could cast out the demon. And so they tried, but they were not able to cast out this demon out of the boy. And then Jesus came down from the mountain with Peter and James and John. And then, then the, man with the man came to Jesus with the boy who was possessed by demons. And, and then Jesus you know, prayed for him and the boy was wonderfully delivered. And the boy was set free and the boy had no more trouble again. And then afterwards, the disciples, they came to Jesus. And they, said to, and they said to Jesus, you know, why could not we? Why were we not able to cast that demon out? And in Matthew 17, 20, Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, because of your unbelief. In other words, because of your lack of faith. But it was not only that, it was not only unbelief, but also there was another thing that Jesus said in verse 21, and he said, this kind, I mean, some, some demons have been there a long time and they're more resistant. Some will leave fairly easily. Some will leave, you know, there's a battle, there's a fight, and it, the, the, it takes time. But Jesus said to the disciples, verse 21, this kind... This kind goeth not out. In other words, the demon will not, not come out except by prayer, not, but not by prayer alone, but by prayer and fasting. By prayer and fasting. And, and there are some things that demon would not leave, Jesus told them, except by prayer and by fasting. You know, there are some things in the will of God for us that we can only enter into by prayer and fasting. You know, many things, you know, we pray and sometimes, you know, God just instantly answers. and Very soon the answer comes. Many things. But, and, and probably most things, we, we pray and, and that's enough. But there are certain things which are in the will of God for our life that we don't see the breakthrough for or the answer for by prayer only, but by prayer and by fasting. So 
by the grace of God. You know, we see the, the, the importance that fasting can, can be. And many, many, answer, many, many things, the answer is by prayer only, but certain things which are in the will of God, I mean, outside the will of God, I mean, we don't want, you know, they're not going to be answered anyway. But in the will of God, we need both prayer and fasting. In Matthew 9, in verses 14 and 15, then, you know, the disciples of John, they, 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 came, to, they came to Jesus and said, you know, why do, they, why do your disciples don't fast, but disciples of John, well, they do fast. And, you know, and, and then Jesus said to them, he said about the bridegroom, and Jesus said unto them, can the children of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? Of course, Jesus was the bridegroom. But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them. And that's the church age, when Jesus leaves. And then Jesus said, and then shall they fast. So they will fast. He's speaking of our age. He's speaking of the, of the church age. We read at the time of the birth, just after the time of the birth of Jesus, there was an elderly sister, her name was Anna, we read about her in Luke 2, 36 to 38, a prophetess, a mighty woman of God. And, you know, she came to the temple at, right at that time when, you know, Joseph and Mary brought Jesus um, to be dedicated. And she helped prepare the way, of the, way, of the, way for the Messiah. And she served God. We read there, she served God. For many years, she served God there night and day for it was prayer and with fasting. You know, the Apostle Paul, we see in, in the ministry of the Apostle Paul, and, you know, the great Apostle Paul, and the missionary journeys, and the power of God, and the, the, the mighty things he saw. Yes, we, you know, we see, well, you know, what a, what a mighty man he was. But, you know, how he suffered, how he went through persecution, how there were all kinds of trials and hardships that, that he faced. And he said, Paul, and Paul said, and in fact, the first three days of Paul's ministry, after the Lord met him on the road to Damascus, he went, in, into, he, went, he went to Damascus, and there he was in the house of Judas on the street straight, and he told that to, Ana, to Ananias by a vision. Ananias went there, and three days, three nights, he could not see, but also three days, three nights, he did not eat, he did not drink. He fasted there until Ananias came and, and laid hands on him, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and the scales lifted from his eyes. But Paul, writing to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 9, 27, he said, I, I keep my body under. I discipline my body, except having preached to others, I will be a castaway. In 2 Corinthians 6, he's speaking about being approved as a minister of God, and he said, one of the reasons that he was approved, he was approved, there's a whole list of, 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 of ways. He proved he was a minister of God, and one of them was by fasting, by fasting. And again, there's another list in 2 Corinthians 11. And, the, the, and in the middle of that, uh, Paul says he was in fastings, not just occasionally, but he was in fastings often. So we know that, you know, Paul often, he would be fasting. 2 Corinthians 11 and in verse 27. And 
It says in weariness. He was in weariness, in painfulness, in watchings often, many sleepless nights, and then in hunger and thirst. Now, hunger and thirst is when it's not fasting, but is when you you just you, you got no food to eat. And he had that was the the case with Paul. And sometimes he wanted to eat, but there was no food available. He didn't have any. So that was hunger and thirst. And then he said, in fastings, you know, food's available. You have food, but you're abstaining for spiritual purposes. You're fasting. And Paul says, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, beside those things which are without, which come upon me daily, the care of all the churches. I mean, tremendous pressure was upon him, tremendous trials that he faced. John Wesley and... There have been few men in the history of the church who God has used more than John Wesley. Basically, he saw a revival come to the United Kingdom. He was greatly used here in America as well. And, you know, Wesley, Wesley, and he saw very clearly the importance of prayer and fasting in his ministry. And John Wesley, he fasted every week, two days every week, Wednesday and Friday, all his life. And he certainly, up, that's up to 4 p.m., and he certainly knew the Spirit of God and the power of God upon him. In fact, John Wesley, he would not ordain anyone to the early Methodist ministry unless they prayed and fasted two days a week until 4 o'clock on Wednesdays and Fridays. So, you know, we see in the life of Jesus. Jesus fasted. Jesus taught about fasting. Paul fasted. He mentioned fastings in his writings. And, you know, I believe if we unite together and if we all do what we can and we all do something, and I want you in the meantime, before we, as a lead up, to pray, to pray and just ask the Lord, ask the Lord yourself what you are to do in those 10 days. And if we can really press into God in prayer and in fasting, uh, you know, I believe God will do. God will do. God will open up things. God will do great things. And, you know, I've found many times, many times, you know, when I've spent time in prayer and fasting and, and major decisions I've had, you know, we, my wife and I, we prayed, we fasted. And, and virtually all the time, you know, I can say God has come through. Now, sometimes I don't see the answer straight away. Sometimes the answer might be down the path a bit. But I know that's been a major factor and a key in God coming through and, 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 and guiding us and, and, and you know, answering that area where we've been praying and fasting for. So, you know, we can call fasting, you know, great hope, great hope, I believe, will be released. And... Things that you know have been on your heart, uh, and 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 bondages where there's been oppression and all those different areas. Let's believe God that God is going to come through, you know, in mighty ways on behalf of every single one of us here. Heavenly Father, oh God, we thank you that we can gather this morning. Lord, we thank you. There is power in prayer. And not only in prayer, but prayer and fasting. And Lord, I pray, even as, even as we, we look, uh, even as, as we have this, this time coming up in early next year, we pray, Lord, that you would, you would even prepare the way. 
you would, you would turn our hearts, even now, Lord, to begin to seek your face, even in ways that we've, we've never done before. Oh God, Lord, we pray that you would come, you would meet with us, you would reveal your power and your glory. You would come, and oh God, you would open up your word to us. You would come, you would speak to us. You would come, we would hear your voice clearly. You would come, oh God, oh God, as only you can. Oh God, you would do miracles. We would see breakthroughs. We would see the oppression and the power of the enemy broken. And oh God, prepare the way for all the awesome things that you will do. Oh God, just speak to each of our hearts in Jesus' precious and wonderful name. Amen.